0: is we're still in the series and I think we're coming to an end pretty soon God just hasn't spoken that yet so I just keep going till he says stop but we're in a series entitled exercising authority church can you say that with me exercising authority let's try it again Exercising authority. So important that we know how to exercise the authority that God has given us, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak to your sheep who you love so much. This gives them life. For your word says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I thank you that your word comes to do something powerful this morning. Why? Because you are your word. So Jesus, we just release you as this word goes forth. And your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I ask for an anointing to be upon me, your servant, to preach or to teach or to give revelation as your Holy Spirit. Spirit delivers. I also ask for an anointing for the listeners, God, the servants, the sheep. May they understand every word that you put in my mouth, and may they be able to run with it and to do it as well. For they are not just hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. They hear that they might do, that they might please you. So Lord, we pray a blessing upon this word. I thank you that chains fall off off of us as we hear this word. I thank you that nakedness and shame fall off of us as we hear this word, that you clothe us with power, you clothe us with purpose, you clothe us with love this morning. God, there's some people sitting here this morning that are hurting. There's some people sitting here this morning that are tired, They're, they're afraid, they have circumstances that they're going through in life. God, there are unknowns, and we know that the enemy loves to speak to us in our unknowns and speak a lie. If we don't know something, if we don't know what you're up to, then we are, have a mind that is wide open, and a wide open mind can be a very fertile place. So if the enemy comes to our unknown and says, you're going to die, you're going to lose your home, it's not going to be well with you, and that seed grows in us, God, that seed called fear, then we find ourselves again naked and afraid. But if we are wide open, and if we have unknowns, and we give them to you, we seek the counsel of God, then you will clothe us with your word, you will clothe us with love. So I declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that any fear in here be gone in Jesus name and just be clothed with love be clothed with righteousness. Anyone that has shame on them from any time in their past, any kind of sinful activity or whatever it is, God, I pray that you would just begin to remove that shame right now in Jesus' name. Father, there's some people in here right now that they feel uncomfortable just because your presence is so holy. Father, God, would they not feel ashamed in this moment? Would they say, God, would you cover me with your love? Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Lord, would you help me to know that I am yours and that you love me. We pray all this this morning in Jesus name. Let the church say amen. Amen. So we are in a a series again called Exercising Authority and today's title is Dressed for Success. Dressed for success. So whenever some of us get a job, sometimes a uniform is required. When I was hired by the sheriff's office and Don Geiger back there, he wears the same uniform that I wear at the sheriff's office. So he didn't get to pick a blue shirt or anything like that or a purple shirt. They gave us a black shirt. They told us what we're going to wear because we have to look uniform. And I'm here to tell you today that as God has saved us, And as God has cleansed us, he's given us all a uniform to wear. And that uniform that he's given us to wear is himself. So what must happen? Our feelings must give way to faith as we recognize he has clothed us with himself. Father, I know that there are teenagers sitting here today. And Lord, you love them so much, God. And they're not up next. They're up now. And they need to hear a word from the Lord as well. So God, would you keep them, Father God, attentive? Would you keep them, Father God, their ears open so that they might hear what you have to say? Father, anybody in this church that just sees me as Damien, would you move that from them right now? And may they not just see me, but hear you. That is my prayer. May they hear you and know that these are the words of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are now dressed for success, but we don't start that way. Because when we uh, were born, we were born naked, right? I didn't, I've never seen a baby picture someone come out with clothes on. Born naked, right? And in sin as well. So we're both naked and afraid. But the original intent for God was for us to only be made in his image and likeness. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, it says this. Then God said, let us, who was God talking to, who was talking to himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us, Make human beings in our image to be like us, to be godly, to rule, to have authority and dominion, to be pure and to be good, to have life and to have peace, okay? It says this, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Can you say this with me, church? They will reign. So God also clothed us with authority. Can you say authority? Authority. Come on now. He's clothed us also with authority. So when we are the most like God, we have authority to be like God. All right. That comes from him. Verse 27 says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So let me just tell you this. All of you are beautiful. Every single one of you. Every every single shade, every single shape, every single age. All of you are beautiful because you're made in the image and likeness of our God. And it says this, That he made male and female, he created them. Church, can you say male and female? female. The devil is a distorter, right? So we see all this agenda going on in the world right now where they're saying, no, it's not just male and female. There's 600 different genders and 500 different this. No, nope. The Lord said male and female. He created them. He created them. Only the one that creates something is allowed to name it. Right, when people invent stuff, they don't say, "Hey, what would you call this invention?" No, I call the invention what I call it because I'm the one that made it, right? And he said that he made them male and female. So at this time there was no evil in man, so there was no fear and there was no shame. Genesis 2:25 says this. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Church, can you say no shame? When you are covered by God, when your sins have been covered, you will have no shame. At this time, there was no evil in the world. There was no evil in their minds. There was goodness only. So when Adam looked at Eve and Eve looked at Adam, they didn't see their nakedness or any have any shame concerning it because their eyes only saw goodness and purity, all right? So they had peace with God, meaning nothing was missing and nothing was broken. They were clothed in goodness. So what does sin do to us? It uncovers the things that are evil in this world. It it uncovers wickedness. It uncovers our shortcomings. It causes us, sin causes us to look down upon ourselves less than what God calls us. If you struggle with self-image, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with low self-esteem, if you look in the mirror and you're critical towards yourself, it's all lies from the enemy because God made us perfect and in his image. But the enemy loves to distort. He loves to make, make you look at something else and compare yourself. Oh, I wish I had her eyes. Or, oh, I wish I had his muscles. Or, oh, I wish I had her hair. Nope. God perfectly made you the way that he wanted to make you, and you are beautiful in his sight. Say this with me. I am, I am beautiful, beautiful in his sight. The only thing that changes this, brothers and sisters, is the sin and corruption of this world that will make you feel less about yourself. Some of you, well, let me let me slow down. No, I, I, I'll go with you, God. Some of you have been told by people that you're this or that, and then you accepted that new identity. Some of you have been told that, you know what, you're just like your father, you're not going to be anything. He was an alcoholic. Some of you have been told, you know, your nose looks funny or this is weird about you, and you begin to Receive that, but Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that we reject right now, in Jesus' name, every word that was ever spoken upon us and given to us, any curse that was placed on us by other people, God, and we go back to your original intent, to what you called us and what you desire us to be. So we just remove the words of the thief, we remove the distortion, in Jesus' name, amen. So what happened then? So they had peace. They they could only see good. And then sin came along. Then they became naked and afraid. Why? Because sin uncovers what goodness had already covered. Sin uncovers. The enemy tries to uncover what goodness, what God had already covered. We're in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. It says this. The serpent was the shrewdest of the wild animals that God has made, the wisest, the craftiest, the sneakiest. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And let me tell you this. During this conversation, Adam was there. So I know Eve gets a lot of flack for taking the fruit and eating it. But Adam was there the whole time not saying anything. So Adam was the first in fault because he was the one, he was supposed to keep the garden, right? He was the one that had authority over everything in the garden, but he's letting this fool talk to his wife, right? So men, be careful who you let talk to, your wife, and be careful how you talk to your wife. Amen? If Brooke wasn't here, she'd say amen. That's my wife. All right, let's keep this moving. Verse 2, of course we may eat from the fruit in the trees of the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied. So listen to me, church. If the devil's mouth is moving, he's lying. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Bible says my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Many of the times where we find ourselves depressed or discouraged it's because we've been listening to the voice of the stranger, listening to all this bad news about what could happen, how we're no good, how nobody likes us, how we're going to get fired, how this sickness and this, that, just all this garbage. And whatever you listen to, you become like, right? Because words are very creative and words are very powerful. But he says, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. However, they were already like God, but the thing was, that they didn't know anything about evil, all they knew was goodness, okay? Verse 6, the woman was convinced, and that's where we've got to stop being convinced by the enemy. Church, can you say this with me? I must... Stop being convinced by the enemy because that's when he gets you church that's when you're depressed that's when you're down that's when you're defeated because the enemy convinced you of a lie. We need to be more convinced of the truth. We need to know the truth so the lie has no chance against us. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she started thinking about her, right? Not about God anymore, not about what God said, only what she wanted. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sued fig leaves together to cover themselves they immediately went to work to cover themselves they felt this shame and this nakedness but my father used to say this that he heard this from an old pastor he said that if you try to cover your head your feet will show And if you try to cover your feet, your head will show. So there's nothing that you can cover yourself with that will bring the peace of God. You've just got to let God do all of the covering, right? Don't try to cover yourself. Don't try to hide your sin. That's what they were trying to do was hide their nakedness and their shame. Verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man. Wow. So what they hid behind would eventually save them. What's the cross made out of? Trees, right? What they hid behind, that's just a fresh revelation right there. What they hid behind would eventually save them. So may we take ourselves to the cross of Jesus Christ as well. They hid behind the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I want you to hear this. I was afraid because I was naked. Anytime you feel afraid, after you've been born again, Anytime you feel afraid, it's because that you were naked in that moment. You did not feel covered. You did not feel, uh, you did not have faith that God would take care of the situation so you felt naked and afraid. God was asking you to do something that was bigger than yourself so you felt naked and afraid. You, You receive words from doctors. You receive words from the bank. You receive words from the boss that made you feel a little bit naked and afraid, Verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. So fear comes from shame and nakedness. Verse 11, who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? So of course God was angry, but the the true nature of God is love. Any parents in here ever been angry at their children? Show of hands. Better not be no lies. If you're a parent and you don't got your hand up, you are lying. <laughs> Ain't no truth in you. All right. So, God is a parent, he's a father. He can get angry, but in his wrath, he remembers mercy. And in his wrath, he remembers love, right? That's why after you spank your child and they're snotting and everything, you say, come here, boy, let me, let me wipe that snot off your face. Here, here's a sandwich for you, whatever, <laughs> right? Because after, after we've had to punish, we still love, right? Because punishment is love. Abuse isn't love. That's foolishness. But punishment is love. So if God is love, then what's he going to do for Adam and Eve who are in the garden now, both naked and ashamed? So if God is love, Love covers. 1 Peter 4 and 8 says this most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. How many sins? A multitude. So, if we're sitting here today and we've got a, a long record of sins, and I just want you to know that God is willing to cover those sins. So, what did God do? Genesis three twenty-one. It says, "And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So, something had to die. Blood had to be shed for him to cover uh, their nakedness. The plants that they used were not good enough." Anything we use to cover ourselves will never be good enough. And church, I want you to know this. As this church moves into a new season and the pathway to purpose opens up and every single one of you begin to recognize that you're a minister, I'm not the only minister here. Every single one of you that's been born again is a minister. And the Bible calls you a minister of reconciliation. And the message that you have for the world is come back to God. So every single one of you are ordained by God to be ministers and called for his glory. But knowing that, we can begin to feel naked and afraid. And you have to recognize the times where you feel the most naked and afraid is usually right before God wants to do something glorious in your life. I had kidney failure over 11 years ago. I was naked and afraid. I was so fearful. My wife was pregnant. I didn't know if I'd get to meet my son or not. They rolled me up to the dialysis and they hooked me up to the machine and for four hours, my blood cycled through this machine and I just began to weep like, God, where are you? Church, can you say naked and afraid? Come on. Even after salvation, there are some things that you can go through where you will feel naked and afraid. I said feel. I didn't say be naked and afraid. I said feel naked and afraid because we know that God is always with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us, but there's things that we can go through where we will feel so naked and so afraid and so alone and so cold and so distant from God because we perceive something that is not good. And when we perceive something that is not good, we perceive it as not God. And I know that sickness is not God's will for us, but healing is, right? And so we declare and we decide that, okay, God, even in the midst of this sickness, I'm going to believe that you can heal me. So let's go to Exodus chapter 33. Remember what I said, right before God wants to do something glorious in our lives, that is when we will begin to feel the the most naked and the most afraid, right before God wants to show up in our lives with great glory, right before God wants to elevate you to a new position, right right before a breakthrough in your marriage, or breakthrough in your finances. There's these testings and these trials where God asks you to do something or he's leading you to do something, but you feel so under... feel so under, uh, you feel, you feel like you're not worthy. You feel like you're not trained. You're not good enough, right? So I want you to get excited this morning, church, if that's you. If you feel that, you know, you're just on the brink of something, but you just don't feel like you're prepared for it, but yet you know that God wants to get great glory. Let's listen to this story. One day, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me That's us today, church. If you have any kind of relationship with God, he should be telling you things, and there should be good things, and there should be things that uh, are about your future, things that give you hope, right? You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. There we go. I'm kind of naked and afraid. Like you tell me I'm gone, but who's my comfort going to be in? Who's my ride or die? Who's my homeboy? What help are you sending with me? You told me, you told me that you were going to send me, right? But, but who will go with me? You told me to take these people, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Church, can you say that with me? Lord, let me know your ways. Come on, because his ways cover us up. His ways, His ways remove the unknowns from our lives. Because when we have any kind of unknowns before us, it's like having a blank screen. And anytime you have a blank screen and you don't know what to do and you know what, don't know what to think, the enemy can hijack that channel and put thoughts across your mind that you're not good enough and that you're no good. So he's like, Lord, this screen is saying all kinds of things before me. My mind is saying all kinds of things. Would you please let me know Your ways, church? Can you say Your ways? Lord, let me know your ways, okay? Verse 14, the Lord replied, listen to this, (sighs) praise God. Moses' question is like, who's gonna go with me, right? Listen to God's answer for you and for Moses and for me. The Lord replied, I, church, can you say "I"? I? The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. I think you need to highlight that verse right there. You need to circle that verse in your Bible. You need to text that verse to yourself right now. That's Exodus 3.14. The Lord says this to his people, I will personally go with you and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine with you. That's what needs to be on the screen of your mind at all times. Do you hear what I'm saying? No matter what you're going through, don't let the sickness speak over your life. Don't let the lack of money speak over your life. Don't let family issues and problems speak over your life. The only thing that can speak is God and what he says. And he says, everything will be fine with you. Verse 15. Then Moses said, Moses got excited and he said this. Okay. Okay. If you don't personally go with us, then don't make us leave this place. So what is Moses saying? He says, God, if you're going to send me and you're not going, I'm not going. Right. We've got to be that bold and say, God, if you're calling me into something and you're not going with me, then just leave me here. But we know that God has promised that he is going to go with us. All right, verse 16. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me, and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Church, say this with me. His presence covers me. Come on. His presence goes before me, his presence goes behind me, his presence. presence is beside me. Come on, church. There's victory in his presence. As long as he's with us, then everything is going to be okay. We're no longer naked, afraid, or ashamed because he is with us. Us, Let's keep this going. Verse 17. Then the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed. Man, that's a good God. I will indeed do what you have asked for. I look favorably upon you and I know you by name. He knows you by name, church. He knows your problems. He knows your issues. He knows where he's taking you. He knows the enemy that's before you. He knows their weakness. He has a battle plan. And all we have to do is believe and be covered with him. Let's keep going here. I will make all my goodness pass before you. I'm sorry. He gave him that promise. Then in verse 18, Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Man, Church, man, that's powerful, right? So whenever you feel afraid or whenever you feel worried, whenever you feel naked, whenever you feel ashamed, all you have to do is cry out and say, Lord, show me your glorious presence right? Show me that I'm not alone. Show me that you are with me. Show me that I do not have to be afraid. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Come on now, church. You should be excited this morning. He said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. How much of his goodness? All pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near near me on this rock." As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Jimmy, can you come here for a minute? So, as we go through life man this is going to be so powerful turn around brother so he's going to pray the, uh, play the role of God in this situation so anywhere that God is leading us into he's already went before us right and he's crying out his own name is there a name greater than his name No. When Jesus was here, enemies trembled even at his presence, let alone his name. Right. So this is the picture of life you have to see as a believer, that when God sends you somewhere, that he goes before you. Jimmy, I just want you to keep saying Yahweh as you walk. I'm covered in his goodness. As he speaks his name, his glory is all around me. I am never naked. I am never afraid. I am never alone. For he is with me. Church, can you say this with me? He is with me. He is in me. He is for me. That's Yahweh. That's our God, the creator of heaven and earth. And you might say, well, why why do I see his back because he goes before me. Because his enemies, his enemies see him before they see me if I'm in the right position. My enemies will see Yahweh before they even see me, and I can just walk through life, and my enemies are scattering. Why? Because Yahweh is in front of me, and he's pronouncing his own name, and the enemies are scattering. Amen? You may be seated, brother. That's Yahweh. Never naked and ashamed. We are covered by his name. His name alone covers us. My name can only get me so far. Not everybody knows me, right? Even when I'm in uniform and I come in the name of the law, there's people that still dishonor and disrespect me. But when it comes to Yahweh, he has no enemy that can match his power or his glory. He goes before us. Say this with me. Our God is an awesome God. Again, our God God. is an awesome God. So just remember this. He's the one that's awesome. It's his awesomeness that surrounds us. Don't you ever get the big head and think it was ever about you. It was his awesomeness and his glory that goes before us. But this is one thing we have to know about God. As we follow him, as we sometimes feel naked and ashamed, we have to remember who he has called, the type of people he calls. He calls the foolish, the powerless, and the despised. Now, wouldn't that make sense? that the great Yahweh would call weak people behind him and display his might and glory and say, look, these people who had no God, they had no name, they had no power, but yet when they serve me and walk with me, I do great things in their presence. He didn't choose people that were strong. He didn't choose people that were rich. He didn't choose people that think they had it all together. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29 says this, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame who are those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one could ever boast in the presence of God. Now do you understand that as God goes before you and he's saying Yahweh, Yahweh and things are just coming together for you, for your good and in your favor, when you are following him, you know that you're not naked and ashamed because God goes before you but there's one thing that you don't dare do, boast because you know it's not you. It's Yahweh, right? It was Yahweh that helped me pay the mortgage this month. It was Yahweh that helped uh, the marriage stay together even after they was troubled. It was Yahweh that allowed me to get this job when I didn't even have the right uh, requirements that they were asking for. So I dare not boast because we understand that it was Yahweh. So listen, there are times where you will again feel foolish, powerless and despised and the only time you're going to feel that is when you forget that Yahweh goes before you. When you begin to lean to your own understanding that's it Holy Spirit. When you begin to lean to your own understanding and you walk out from behind Yahweh, that's when you go back to that original state of just feeling naked and ashamed and unworthy because when you're not behind Yahweh where he's calling out his name and enemies are scattering when you leave the sound of his Name, when you're naked and afraid, then you see your enemies, right? Their enemies are always going to look like your enemies, but when you look at yourself, you'll say, Man, I'm nothing but a grasshopper. Man, I'm just so small. I'm just this. I'm not qualified. I'm not good. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were no good? Why are you not back to where Yahweh is declaring his name? So we know that we've strayed far from the Lord when we stop hearing his name before us, knowing that his glory will cover us. So we've got to talk about this. We've got to talk about how the enemy can make us feel foolish powerless, and despised. And this can all happen to us because it happened to great men and women in the Bible. So we've got to be careful about our feelings. Church, can you say this with me? Lord, Lord, deliver me me from my feelings. Help me me. rise up up in faith. faith. Okay. How many sometimes struggle with their emotions? Can we be real in here for a moment? You struggle with your emotions, right? I'm waiting for everybody to be real. Struggle with your emotions, right? All right, so sometimes might struggle with anger. Sometimes might struggle with depression. Sometimes might suffer with anxiety, right? And then those emotions begin to define us because you'll say things like, I am that thing. When we're behind Yahweh, it's all about, I am that I am is what he's saying. But when we leave the covering of I am that I am and we become naked and afraid, when we look at the situation that we're facing by ourselves, we begin to say things like, I am weak, I am depressed, I am no good, I am a reject, I am afraid. Be careful of your I ams. Don't let your emotions redefine you. Do you hear me, church? I am depressed, I am in sorrow. Where I am broke. Be careful of your I ams. We need to stand behind the glory of God as He goes before us and as Yahweh says His name Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. So let's look at how some people in the Bible were affected and then we'll move on and let you go home in victory. So remember, say this with me foolish, foolish. powerless, powerless. despised. That's who God said he chose. Right? So we wouldn't choose those people on our team. We want to win. Right? But God says, I'm so powerful, I pick people who could have never won by themselves. That's how great my glory is, right? So he chooses the foolish, the powerless, and despised. So we're all in one of those classes if he called you, because that's who he chose. Well, let's look at the fool, the person that thought they were a fool, named Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. The Lord gave me this message, talking to Jeremiah. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So what a prophet does is speaks the oracles and the truths and the words and the prophecies of God. A A prophet has to speak, okay? Say this to me. A prophet... speaks. Speaks. So he knew that God was calling him to speak, right? But when he heard what God said, he stepped out of the way of Yahweh and felt naked and afraid. But even God gave an introduction as powerful as this. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I have set you apart. I have appointed you as my prophet. So even after hearing all of that, Jeremiah still sees himself as small, and he says this, O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. You see what happens when we don't just agree with God, You need to agree with God because if you don't agree with God quickly, your emotions will rise up and your emotions are more tied to this earth than they are tied to supernatural things. So that's why the enemy loves to manipulate you while you are emotional. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of you raised your hands about being emotional. Please hear this part of the message. When you are emotional, the enemy loves to bring manipulation your way. So we're going to quickly agree with what God says and not our feelings. Church, can you say this with me? Faith Faith. over Over. feelings. Feelings. Again, faith Faith. over over feelings. Feelings not how I feel it's about what God has revealed it's about his truth and his revelation so he says I can't speak for you I'm too young so Jeremiah felt foolish he felt like a fool people aren't going to listen to me I'm young verse 8 I'm sorry verse 7 the Lord replied this is this is the beauty of Yahweh he's like it's like we get out can you come back here uh, Jimmy quickly please so God speaks to Jeremiah. So, so God speaks to Jeremiah, right? And, and Yahweh speaking to him. He's hearing the voice of the Lord, right? And he says, "I have, and um, I've called you to be a prophet." But after he hears the word, he steps over here, right? And he sees himself without God, and he says, "I am." With God, it's never about I. It's always about we the one who called you the one who appointed you the one who made you is going to do this thing through you but somehow you got in your emotions and felt all alone as if it was just you okay stop so stay right there jeremiah all right the lord replied don't say i'm too young for you must go wherever i send you and say whatever I tell you. So what he, what he, when, he, when God wants to bring him back, all right, when Yahweh wants to bring him back under the sound of his voice, remember, Yahweh, 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 going before us and making our ways straight. When he says something foolish, as foolish as, as I can't speak for you, I'm too young, you're telling the maker what you can't do? And he's about to do it through you. So the love of God, when we can't hear the Yahweh, when we can't be covered by his goodness, he'll speak again and get us right back under it. Right. So he spoke again. So he found Jeremiah in doubt. Church, can you say this with me? Lord, Lord, when you find me me in in doubt, speak again. Come on, church, we need him to speak again. Say it say it again, God. Say it so that, I, so that I can understand it. Because right now I'm naked and afraid. How do we know that he was naked and afraid? Because of what he said. I'm too young, I can't speak for you. Church, say this with me again. Lord, Lord. Speak, again. speak again. And that's exactly what God do, did. He said, don't say, come on, don't say. We gotta be careful what we say, right? Don't say, I'm too young, for you must go where I send you, and you must say what I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people. He spoke directly to the issue, which was fear. Don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you. I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched his mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. He said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today, when church? Today. Today, I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Let's give Jeremiah a hand. Please don't call him a bullfrog after church. Okay, so God speaks, truth speaks, but sometimes our emotions override what God said. That's a dangerous place to live, where your emotions can override his motions, but just keep your ear open and say, God, speak again, I'm ready to obey. So that's how God dealt with Jeremiah's foolishness. But what about powerlessness? What about when we feel like we're without power? Let's quickly go to 2 Kings Verses six, chapter six, verses fifteen through seventeen. We're going to hear and learn about the powerlessness of Elisha's servant. He felt so powerless. Now, Elisha was a powerful man of God, and he had a servant. And we know that Elisha had a ministry that was two times as stronger as Elijah's. And Elijah was a powerful man of God. But sometimes the person that you're following, it won't, it won't be enough to to, to speak faith and confidence over yourself, so you need to have your eyes open for what you cannot see. Can you say powerless? Powerless. So when we are powerless, sometimes it's a thing of sight. We, we are seeing someone as more powerful, we're seeing the enemy as more powerful than they, they really are and it's making us feel naked and afraid. Some of you, uh, th- some of you that struggle with uh, your, your self-identity, uh, you can feel intimidated that's the word you feel intimidated by people on your job the one that have the, the ones that have degrees or their names on the door you feel kind of intimidated by people you should not be intimidated by anyone so father i pray right now in jesus name that everything we see with our eyes will never intimidate us. We will never feel powerless because of what we see. And we declare that you are opening up our eyes to Yahweh, that you stand with us. So here we go. 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17 says this. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops Horses and chariots everywhere. He said, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Church, can you say powerlessness? Powerlessness. So in that moment when he saw the enemy's armies, when he saw the enemy's armies, he felt powerless. Right. There are things that you can see with your eyes. You'll feel powerless against them. When I'm in the hospital and they're showing me my blood work and they say, your kidneys are not functioning and your creatinine should be 0.1 between 0.4, but your creatinine is 24. When I see that, I feel powerless. When I see the doctors coming in my room and administering these drugs to me and I feel weak, and sometimes you can even feel powerless. But listen to me, just because you feel powerless does not mean that God is without power. It does not matter how you feel. Feel it never matters how you feel. The truth is that God is all powerful. So don't allow what you see to make you feel powerless. Do you remember that little shepherd boy who came to the to, to the battle in the valley of Gath when the, the when the uh, children of Israel's army were being threatened by this giant named Goliath? And Goliath didn't. David did not see a giant. All he's, I don't even know if David referred to him as a giant. So Bible scholars after church, I want you to look in the Bible and see if David ever called him a giant at the time of that battle, okay? And then let me know. But I do know this, I do know this, David called him this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He didn't say anything about his size or his sword or his weapons all he said is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to defy the armies of the living God? And this is just a little shepherd boy, right? But his eyes didn't see what everybody else saw. Everybody's everybody else's knees were knocking, but not David's. Right. Man, that's not even the message. And I could preach that, but that's not where we're going. OK, so here we are in 2 Kings 6:15 through 17. And Elisha's servant sees something and feels powerless. He sees all these troops, horses and chariots. And here's what Elijah says to him. Verse 16. Don't be afraid. Man, that sounds like the same thing we heard uh, concerning foolishness, right? Didn't, didn't God tell Jeremiah, don't be afraid? And here we see Elisha's servant is being told, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. So church, let's, 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 let's prophesy to ourselves. Say this with me. There are more, there are more on, my on my side than theirs. Than theirs. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so then Elisha prayed this prayer. Verse 17 says this. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Because I know we're supposed to have faith, guys, but sometimes we're just not in that place, and God will open our eyes to see something, and then we can believe. But it's better to, to, more blessed are those who believe without seeing. But some of us can have such low faith that we actually need to see something. Because in this verse, it didn't say, Elisha just comforted him with his words and say, Oh foolish one, there are more with us than there are with him. He said, Nope, this man, is, he's, he's powerless because of what he sees. So I'm going to do something to his eyes. And he prayed this prayer over them. I'm going to pray it over you right now. Oh Lord, open our eyes and let us see. All right, then it says this. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Let's go for one more. Gideon felt despised, okay? Gideon felt despised. So, we're in Judges chapter 6, 11 through 16, it says this. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the tree at Ophrah. Which belonged to Joash of the cloud of Abizer, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Verse 13 says, Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Come on, some of us might be here right now. You're going through some things and you're saying, Lord, if you're really with me, why has all this happened to us right now? It continues. And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. Man, he's feeling despised. Sometimes we go through things and we feel despised. When I went through my disease, I felt despised. Like, God, what did I do to you? Why am I being punished? I felt despised, right? So uh, it says, the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, remember, this is the goodness of our God. He already spoke once, but now he heard his emotions. He seen that he was naked and afraid, and he spoke again. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon responded, still in his emotions, still in his emotions, still naked and afraid. How can I rescue Israel? Remember, despised, feeling low, feeling little. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Why does God choose the least? It's so that he gets the most glory. Do you hear what I'm saying? So no flesh can glory in his presence. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites Midianites, as if you were fighting against one man. So what was the comfort that he gave to Gideon? I will be with you. So church, here's what I want you to know. As you find yourselves in life feeling, can you say feeling? Feeling. Right? Feeling naked and afraid. But with God, you you are never naked and you should never be afraid. But sometimes you will feel that way, okay? I'm going to tell you what to do. See, Adam hid his nakedness from God in fear. But this man I'm about to tell you right about right now, he shouted and he shouted louder because blindness had left him feeling naked and afraid. Luke chapter 18 beginning in verse 35 says this, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. So I just imagine. Remember, uh, this this didn't happen in the natural, but remember what I showed you in the spiritual a little bit ago, where God walks before us and He's saying Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. So this this man who felt naked and ashamed was blind, but he could still hear. Church, can you say that to me? I can, still hear. I can still hear. He asked, "What was happening?" They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. The people in front front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him. Church, can you say this with me? Jesus Jesus hears me. Come on now, Jesus hears me. So when we are naked and afraid and we're alone and ashamed and we don't know how God's gonna do it, but we know that he can, we can cry out just like this man did. They told him to be quiet, but he got louder. The enemy is gonna tell you to be quiet, but you get louder. You're going to feel like, oh man, did that prayer even work? The enemy was going to say, you fool, why are you praying to God? He don't love you. You know, you've been in sin. You shouldn't be afraid. Where's your faith? You don't listen to that fool. You just get louder, right? Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped in order that the man be brought to him. Remember what I said? When Jeremiah had doubt, the Lord put him back under the sound of his voice, right? When Moses had doubt, the Lord put him back under the sound of his voice. And now that this man cried out, the Lord said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped, and order the man be brought to him, as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what? Me to do for you, Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus praising God and all who saw it, praise God too. So church, what you need to know is this, after you've been saved, you're no longer naked and afraid. Luke 24, 49 says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. I told you a little bit about David a little bit ago, but there's something that happened with David. When David said, I'll fight Goliath, Saul brought him close to him. Saul put his armor on him. Saul put his hand on him but David rejected it. So church, I want you to reject natural things. So when you're in your emotions and you really want to gain strength again, I want you to reject Dr. Phil and I want you to to reject Oprah and I want you to reject TikTok and I want you to reject Facebook and I want you to reject mom and uncle and coworker and I want you to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, what do you say? Lord, I need you. I need a word from you alone. And David went out with only the name of the Lord, and he won, right? And here's what David said to God when he was caught in sin. Psalms 51, he felt he felt so naked and ashamed, but there was one thing he was holding on to. One thing he valued above it all. He didn't value the royal robe. He didn't value the palace. He didn't value the crown. He didn't value the riches. He simply said to God, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That is the thing, that is the person we need to be clothed with the most is the Holy Spirit because if God be for us, then who can be against us? Will you stand to your feet and I'll read this final passage over you and then the Holy Spirit is going to do something amazing in this place. But you've got to be real in this moment. I'm gonna read this, but then you've got to be real. I'm gonna ask the intercessors and the elders or pastors to come down to the altar right now, and I'm gonna read this, and I'm gonna invite up some people who've been going through some things, and you, the enemy has tried to make you feel like you are naked and afraid, but the Lord desires to clothe you again In His righteousness, He desires to clothe you with His goodness. He rely. He desires to speak another word over you. So when you come up here, what's going to happen is those that are at the altar now they are going to cover you with this fabric, okay? And as they begin to pray, and if there's more that come up here, then Then I have these four. We'll we'll figure that out at that time. But to just be clothed again with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. To be clothed again with the word of the Lord. To be clothed again with the original status of man, which is to be made in the image and likeness of God. If you are sick, you can be clothed in healing. If you are fearful, you can be clothed in courage. So we just ask you, that after I read this and invite you to this altar, that even if you are a sinner and you desire to make Jesus Christ your Lord, come up here and we can clothe you with his salvation as we lead you uh, into that prayer. The last part of the message, I titled it Dressed by the Best. Isaiah 61 and 10, here's his promise towards us. It says this, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. Church, can you say this with me? He has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you, Yahweh, you go before us and you speak your name, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And Lord, when that name grows in the distance and we can no longer hear the covering of your name, You turn back to find us. You are that good shepherd. You're the one that will leave the 99 and go back to the one, and you will call out their name, and you will bring them back into the fold. So, Father, in this moment, Holy Spirit, we surrender this portion of the service to you to begin to cover our nakedness and our shame. If there are people here today that need prayer, they need to be covered with something. They have experienced trauma. They have experienced sickness. They have experienced hurt. They have experienced fear. But Lord, our experience isn't always our reality. We we profess in Jesus' name that we want the righteousness in which you cover us with. We want to be covered even with a hug from the Father, a hug from Abba that says everything is going to be if that's you, if you need prayer today, if you need to be covered today, please come to this altar and find someone standing with a cloth and we're going to cover you in this and we're going to pray over you right now. I cancel all embarrassment and all shame of coming up here. You know if you need a miracle from God. You know if you need a touch from God. You know if you need an emotional fix, an emotional touch rather, an emotional healing. You know if you need salvation. You know if you've been going through some things. Some of you have went through childhood abuse. You had some mothers that spoke some mean things over you and you still carry those words and you want those words to be not just covered up, but to be erased as well. Would you please come to the altar right now If you need to be covered with more strength, come to the altar. you need to be covered with more joy, come to the altar. Whatever you've been experiencing and you're wanting a new experience in God, you're wanting to say, God, speak to me again, would you please come to this altar at this time? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would begin to minister to those in their seats right now, you know the need that they have, I pray that pride would leave this place right now in Jesus' name. If Jesus is here in the building right now, if the Spirit of God is here and saying, I want to cover that in your life, I want to be a covering for you, I ask that you would just leave your seat and come down to the altar now and say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to come back to the sound of your voice. Man, that's really the Lord saying that right there. Come back to the sound of his voice, especially those of you that have been depressed, especially those of you that have been struggling with your thoughts. He wants you to come back to the sound of his voice. He has a covering for you, just like the prodigal son came back to his father's house, and he went, he got the robe and the ring and the fatted calf says, no, you're not a servant. You're a son. Some of you need to hear a new thing. Come to this altar and hear a new thing about yourself. Father, let faith arise in this house right now. In Jesus' name. No one's supposed to leave naked. No one's supposed to leave ashamed. It doesn't matter how many times you've come to this altar before. If God is calling you now, then come and receive your covering. Don't be afraid. If you don't want to come alone, just grab the hand of the person that's standing next to you and ask if they would come down here with you as well. Be brave. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The time for the sh- it's time for shame to leave. This is not a moment to be afraid or ashamed. This is the moment to say, God, I need you now more than I